0: Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart Podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan i Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart Podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. Casey's the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. The bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. Very special guest, Brian Spencer. head coach. You know who he is. Brian, how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another special edition of the Sounder Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm joined by Mark Kastner and our very special guest, Keith Costigan, here to help us preview the MLS Cup final coming up on Saturday Keith thank you for taking the time out and, and joining us
1: yeah thank you guys it's uh it's nice to be able to uh, still be talking soccer at this time of the year and uh, another MLS Cup final so exciting week
0: yeah this will uh, I think this will officially be the latest game the Sounders will have ever played uh the previous latest being the MLS Cup in 2016 which was I guess five
2: exactly four years ago today
0: five, four years ago today Pretty amazing, uh, but yeah. So this has been, you know, we were joking offline before we got started. Your first year with the Sounders was 2016. So all you know really is is MLS Cups.
1: Yes, I, I would say that, but I'll also say, obviously, that first year it, it was a little bit of turmoil for the True. first half of 2016. So um, you know, it, it, it was difficult because you know, I, I think. You know, going back, I had to, you know, you have to prove yourself and you come to a new club, even as a commentator and, and you're praying for wins. And, and all of a sudden the team's not going so well and you're going, oh, no, come on, let's get on a run. And um, then just halfway through the season, obviously, you know, Brian took over and um, and Nico signed. And yeah, what, what a time it's been since then. I, you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted, you know, the, the next three or four years of success. Um, beyond everybody's wildest imaginations, and it's been incredible to be a part of it
0: so you got to know I imagine Brian a little bit before he was the head coach then what was what were some of the changes that you saw uh the team go through and and how has Brian evolved in in the time that you've known him
1: I would say one of the things that I've noticed with Brian is he's the same person he was back then uh, as he is now. And some people um, you you can talk about all the assistant coaches in the league saying, I'm ready. I want my shot. I'm, and the minute they get the shot, all of a sudden everything changes and you know, their demeanor, how they are. I think Smets didn't change a thing. I, I would, you know, even, I mentioned in 2016, there was a bit of a struggle you know, we would sit down with him the morning of games and you're, you're kind of nervous. Going, man, we need a win today. or We're not going to make playoffs. And Smets was always relaxed, always calm. Um, and I'm sure that translated over to the players as well. But there was never a moment. And we've had a couple of bad starts to seasons over the last few years. There was never a moment where I looked at Smets and said, man, he's feeling the pressure. Um, he just seemed to me. I, and I said this to Adrian once he seemed to me that he knew that he, this was his destiny to be a, a Sounders coach and he was going to enjoy every minute of it. And I've never felt anything, but that, it, it's not like a, a company line answer. That is genuine. I have never walked away from talking to Brian Smets or feeling like he isn't enjoying this. He's under pressure. He, he's just, he, he, he loves what he's, he loves what he does. He knows how lucky he is and he's made the most out of every single second as head coach.
2: So you say that he he's always he's always calm and and kind of relaxed and that's his approach. Uh and, and you've gotten you've obviously gotten to know Brian pretty well over the last four years. <laughs> what do you think he was thinking around the seventy-fifth minute on Monday night? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, well the, the great thing about Brian is that I say all that he's calm and stuff. He's so witty. I mean, you guys have done, you know, yeah. the, the the conference. He's so witty and funny, and he, he, can, he, can, he can describe a situation in one line where, you know, he'd probably use some colorful words in as well to say how he felt. But, you know, I look back at the game, and I'm sure Schmetz was the same. It was the typical semifinal bar to set piece goals for me. I, I don't think Minnesota played – particularly well and, and we're all talking about oh Seattle have to make these changes. This lineup wasn't right. I don't think there was that much wrong with with Sounders lineup. But what I do like is, you know, the changes that w- we made were really, really positive changes. One that I think maybe not everyone would have made was taking Joao Paulo off and you know going with Gustav in midfield and and, and those kind of things. So I, I think yeah, look, you're worried 15 minutes ago you're down 2-0 in a semifinal. And um, but he made positive, proactive steps. And uh, I, I again, when I say I believe that he enjoys every minute, I also believe that Smetzer always believes there's an opportunity with this team. We've seen it in other comeback games. And you feel it in the booth, you know, from the fans, you know, when we've been 2 0 down or 3 0 down, you know, I'll turn to Casey and go, here we go. This is it. The, the comeback begins. And even without the fans, it, you know, I, I just still feel like Smetzer would have believed, look, this game's not over. And I. I felt we might have been done at 2-0. But when Will Bruin scored, I felt we were going to come back and win, not just tie. That, that's how much that momentum shifted for me.
0: You know, you, it's funny. You, you casually mention how you can be down by multiple goals and feel like you're going to come back. Sounders have done that five times since you've been here. There's a lot. I bet you – I haven't run these numbers, but I'm guessing you can go and there's probably franchises that have never come back from two goals down to get a result. And the Sounders – I wouldn't say that it's the norm – but I, I I, mean, they might have more comebacks from multi-gold deficits than they have losses by multi-gold deficits, which is kind of an amazing. I mean, especially the since least, you've
2: been here, Keith.
0: Right. That's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so there's something that you're doing in the booth, clearly, that's, that's, that's helping that. But, you know, one of the things I thought that was interesting was at the end of the game, Brian casually mentioned that, you know, maybe we should go with two forwards. And I don't think they're going to go with two forwards but what would you even call that for? I mean, were they, a, was that a formation that they were in? I mean, it was basically just let's throw a bunch of guys on the field and push numbers forward.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing is the last few times, I think we've, we've brought, Will. I know will scored the late leveler against Portland. Beyond that, when he's come on late, we haven't done that well. And right. we've, we've tried to play it long and it didn't work. I don't think we played it long the other day. I think, Will gave us an outlet and then all of a sudden Raoul just dropped deep and got touches. Mm-hmm. And and for me, as good as Will was, Raoul was just as good as well with his movement. So, yeah, I, I mean, to try even put a word on, on formation later right. on and what was going on. And that was one of the things for Minnesota. It was like, who, how many forwards have they got? What, you know, <laughs> Christian going out wide, those kind of things you're going... Um, but it, it, it allowed us to be unpredictable allowed us to get numbers inside the penalty area and, and get the goals back. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think we would go two forwards to begin just because we've had so much success with, with the other system. But I think you've seen in Raul Rui Diaz and Will Brown two forwards that, you know, away at Minnesota, a, a couple of seasons ago as well, they played very well together. They do mesh off each other quite well. And I, I think if you ask Raul Ruiz Diaz, he would say he enjoys playing with Will as well. So that's in our back pocket if we need it again on uh, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, they complement each other well, and they they play a different enough style that I, I like. I don't know. I, I don't know how you you really realistically put them on the field all from the start together, especially when you have a Jordan Morris who you would almost have to play as a as a third forward uh, in any formation that makes sense. But anyway. Uh, just a, it was a, an interesting thought because he said that, and I was like, "How would you? What would you even? How would you roll this out if you were going to start with this at the beginning?" But no,
2: no tactics, just vibes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just vibes. <laughs> uh, so, so, speaking of Saturday, um, how are you feeling about the game? Um, you uh, maybe as a as a player, I don't know if you have any experiences like what happened on Monday night, but um, how do you kind of come off of that? excitement and then get ready for a final
1: yeah i have plenty of experiences like monday night on the on the wrong end
2: <laughs> especially I, playing for the Timbers, I that <laughs> if,
1: if anybody's ever seen me play i was never a, a high impact player on the field but um no i i think momentum when things like that happen you can get a sense of this is our year um no i don't think that alone is going to get you to a title, but it it builds resolve. It it builds, you know, that belief that even if you go down a goal, you're not done. And that that plays twofold because the opposition know, even if they go in front, oh, this team has a habit of coming back and it can play on their mental state as well. Um, Look, I I think Columbus are a great team. If if it was in Seattle, I would be obviously a lot more confident. I, I think Columbus at home are one of the best home teams in the league. They have a great system. They have a great setup in, in, uh, in Zellerian and Zardes. They have a great combination there up front as well. But, you know, on our day, I, I think the Sounders can, you know, can beat anybody. I don't expect it to be like, you know, that first away day at Toronto where it was really difficult. They were, you know, firing on all cylinders. And we, we kind of had our backs against the wall. I think it's going to be a little bit more open. I think there's going to be goal scoring chances for both teams. But, um, you know, I, I'm confident. I think Columbus is, is a beatable team. Um, I think they've had a, a nice run at home to get to MLS Cup. And I don't think they've played a team of the quality of, of the Sounders just yet. So it'll be a, it'll be a fun one to watch.
0: You know, you – I don't know how many people realize this, but uh, you have an interesting connection to Giossi Zardes. Uh, I don't even know if, how many people realize that you, uh, you've you been a college soccer coach, that you yeah. have – and, and one of the – probably the, the – I would imagine the best player that you've coached at – Uh, Bakersfield was uh, Jossie Zardes what what can you tell us about his game how it's evolved uh, and and just kind of about a player who has a very distinct place in American soccer uh, kind of conversations
1: yeah no he's you know I've known Jossi since he was 17 Um, I used to go down to Hawthorne and, and meet with him and meet with his family the nicest kid um that you could ever possibly meet in terms of everything very spiritual kid you know um from day one I met him I said you have to work hard to get where you want to be and and he 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 wanted to do that and I think if you watch him every year in the league you say well he's a little bit better than he was last year and he continues to do that so um really really happy for him Um, I think he's a good goal scorer I think his, his hold of play has improved um great locker room guy um but you know this week, the allegiances are you know, separated. I, I told you guys before we, we start recording, his, his wife, Maddie, um, sent me a text to send him a, an inspirational video this week. And I said, Maddie, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. I work for the salvage, I want my third ring. And she goes, oh, no way, but you're family. And I says, well, this week, we're a family divided. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. We, Myself and Jassy have traded a couple of texts and stuff like that. Um, I think, Mark, you mentioned that the greatest outcome for me would be 4-3 Sounders and, and Jassy gets a hat-trick. So then uh, I can at least tell him well done at the end of the day.
2: And that, you know, from our perspective, that game sounds like a lot of fun to cover. So <laughs> let's, let's speak that into existence. Uh, I, think, I think an interesting aspect of this game is that there's, there's kind of a lot of intertwined history with, with these two teams And also these two head coaches, um, have you thought about that at all? Like, you know, Caleb Porter spent time in Portland. He he helped win them MLS cup in 2015 in Columbus. Um, do you have anything that you've thought about in that, that regard?
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, almost, I mean, this is, I I don't know how to say it without, uh, Caleb's a coach that I think American soccer has always wanted to go on and do well. They, it's, it's this defined. Caleb has an identity. He has a philosophy. He knows what he wants to do. Um, and then when people talk about Smets, they go, oh, well, Smets is just Mr. Seattle. I, I feel like there's a, a lack of respect for Brian Smetzer in that regard in terms of the success that he's had you know if if Caleb Porter wins a title it's like oh wow this man is such a tactical genius and on the other side it's well Smetzer's just you know he's just Seattle they're they're you know he's just living on the the culture of Seattle and um I, I wouldn't say that that's an extra motivating factor for for Brian Smetzer I just find it an interesting you know kind of Uh, dynamic in the way the coaches are treated perhaps in the media in the in the mainstream media um and 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 that's something that definitely interests me i i think you know brian smetzer is you know tactically set up his team so well over the last few years and i think he relishes these opportunities going up against coaches that you know are maybe a little bit more in the public eye who've maybe been mentioned more you know in, in big job situations um you know, U.S. You know those kind of things and everything. So I, I think that definitely adds a dynamic to it. The fact that Caleb coached Portland as well um, just gives you an added an added reason to want to win the game and and uh, and pick up another trophy. But yeah, it, it's definitely interesting for me how they're both kind of portrayed in the in the press. And I, I don't think Brian gets it. You know, maybe f- uh, enough credit for the job he's done given given the the this, the last three or four years of success that he's built in Seattle.
0: It is funny. Cause you know you think back to those early years in Portland with, with Caleb and there was this kind of idea of Porter ball. And it was, I, I guess it was this idea that it was very progressive pass oriented soccer. And as time's gone on, first of all, we don't hear about Porter ball anymore, but also yeah. he seems to have taken on a little bit more of a pragmatic uh, mindset and and I don't know how you would even define his his setup anymore because it, it's much more, you know, possession as defense in some ways, that it's, it's not this, you know, attack, attack of high-flying soccer.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a measured approach. And, and I definitely think he has evolved um, as a coach as well. Um, I, I would say, you know, there were times, you know, I looked at it and, and I thought there was a lot of hype. Um, I, I think Caleb's a great coach, but one of many great coaches, I think, I, I don't want to say the league humbled Caleb a, a little bit, but it, it, it's also, you're not just going to walk into MLS and, and, you know, walk over everybody. I, I think one of the issues I've seen over the the years with Caleb as a coach is his team's record on the road has been pretty poor. You know, that goes back to his Portland days and it's, it's translated over to Columbus as well. So, you know, I don't doubt that he, he's a great coach um, but, You know, he's one of those coaches, I would say, if we were talking about, you know, uh, a fourth MLS Cup in five years with Caleb Porter, I would imagine there would be there would be a bigger fanfare than we're seeing for Brian Smetzer. And, you know, if if I'm Brian, you you know, I think Caleb is is maybe I'm the man. This is the way I'm going to do it. Brian, for me, is 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 a top class coach because he says Hey, I'm going to hire some of the best assistant coaches you can get around me, and and I, Jimmy, you know, you speak to Jimmy, you speak to Tommy, uh, Gonzo, all of those guys, and, and Preki for me. I don't think anybody else in the league would have the the, the courage to hire Preki because he is. <laughs> it, it, it's the truth. I love him. Uh, he's opinionated. He will tell you, no, this is bad. This is and and some coaches can't take that. So for me to be a top level coach, you can't be afraid to hear things from your assistants. And, and that's kind of what separates uh, Brian from me. And it's it's what made him so successful over the last few years. It's, hey, look, we win. I don't need my name at the top of the, the ticket every time to get the credit. I just want Seattle Sounders to win. On the other side, I think maybe it's a, a coach that wants his name set out when his team wins, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, it's, all, it's always interesting when, you know, even on Monday night in the press conference, uh, Brian was the first – talk about you know his locker room and his assistant coaches he actually pointed out that uh it was precky and uh gonzalo pineda who said like they could get the winner in normal time when he was trying to plan for for extra time so i don't think caleb porter would be doing the same thing (laughs) um but my my opinions about caleb have been uh talked about to death so um This, this year has obviously been an interesting season. You know, we're all in our living rooms, uh, talking, I guess Jeremiah is in his basement, but (laughs) we're all, you know, talking on zoom and recording a podcast this way instead of, uh, in person. Uh, how has that been as a, as a commentator? Uh, what kind of challenges have, have been present for that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's been tough. I think you know. Luckily for me, I've called a lot of games off monitor um, throughout my career, so you know, going into that, that wasn't something new. But it's to to be in the stadium and not have fans in there. It's 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 sad, you know. It's it's like walking into your house and and the family not being being there, you know. And you look around, and we've had a few moments, you know, where we're you know back from break in two minutes to go to the first half, and you're going, oh man it's because it's Seattle and I'm not just saying this, you still feel an aura about being inside the stadium because I think Seattle has created that, but it's difficult. You know, those big moments are, can you imagine, you know, the other night with, with 45,000 people inside the, the, the stadium? I mean, it, it would have been, it would have been just one of those iconic moments that we look back on for years to come. Um, so I, I think we've been robbed of those things. I also think we have to put into perspective what, what other people have gone through in this pandemic. And, you know, for for me to complain or, you know, I I have to call a game off a monitor. There's no fans. The fact that we still have games is a blessing for me. The fact that we're, you know, going to a final is a blessing. And, and it's been, it's been a healthy distraction. I don't know what I would have been able to do without having these games to work on and, and, you know, our crew to interact with every week. And, um, even the fans as well, we did the hashtag Sounders match day, and everyone's sending in pictures of of their animals, and so I'm a big dog lover, so I'm like, oh, this is great yeah, oh, that was I, uh, uh,
2: yeah between you and Casey uh, all season, that was kind of a back <laughs> and forth that was interesting to watch
1: well well, Casey's this like you know. This man of steel, you know, he, it's like he's the guy that if he says to you, "You did okay," that's like somebody else telling you you're the best. And he has this little dog that you would expect, like you know. So it's a small
2: car too, right?
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you know, the, ha, still having the games throughout the this incredibly difficult year ha, has been a welcome distraction for me, and and um, I'll never. I say it now, I hope, but, but that first game when we have fans back, you know, I'm going to take time to just sit there and, and soak it in um, on air, off air as well. You know, I'll never take that for granted again. It's, it's, um, it's something that I, th- I think Jurgen Klopp said in a press conference the other day, if, if this horrible, you know, virus has given us anything, it's perspective on, on the things that really matter. You know, the day-to-day interactions with people, you know, seeing you guys when we're we're, we're eating at at Central Link Field and, you know, we're waiting in line for uh, a free meal before the game. Those those are fun moments. And, uh, you know, I I can't wait to get them back. And hopefully we're all we're all looking at a new ring when when we do get back (laughs) together. But it's uh, it's definitely been difficult. But, um, you know, I'm I'm happy to have had this Sounders distraction of a run to MLS Cup again.
2: What I would give to complain about CenturyLink Press Box food or <laughs> oh, Lumen Field now? Mark, Mark,
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. If you're going to complain, where the final is taking place this
2: weekend? Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. It, 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 like I've, don't I've never had don't the pleasure <laughs> of
2: of going to Columbus, Ohio. You,
1: you, you, you can, no, Columbus is a great place. The food inside the stadium, not so much. So uh, hot
2: dogs I, and popcorn,
1: I bet hot dogs would be an upgrade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you, you know, you mentioned Casey, Ke- Casey Keller and, and kind of getting a compliment from him. I would imagine getting a compliment from him is kind of like a Hollywood handshake from uh greatest Big King show or something where it's like, Whoa. Yeah. But you know what? Casey is a, is an interesting subject. <laughs> uh, I know he's, he's a, he's an, an acquired taste, I think for most Sounders fans, but it does seem like he's somewhat, taken a, he's softened a little bit i feel like this year like he's been a little bit more willing to give compliments it's a, it, like every goal isn't necessarily a defensive mistake <laughs> um but what has been working with casey been like for you i, I cuz he's clearly a very knowledgeable soccer person but you know sometimes getting the the playfulness out of him i would imagine can be a little challenging um
1: i I I would say from day one the first day um i I went up there i wanted to meet casey because i wanted to make sure you know for me i needed his blessing like casey do you do you want to work with me like and and you know we spoke and um for me it's 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 an honor to work with casey for a number of reasons um casey has where he's come from to what he's done in this game is a mind-boggling story to to play in the leagues that he's played to live in castles, um, you know, I, I, there's a great story, um, I, I tell Ryan Schaber, our, our producer, I'm sitting in Germany uh, with Liverpool for pre-season and uh, before we went on air, I was with Jurgen Klopp and we were talking, and I said, I work with uh, Casey Keller and he looked at me and he said, but Casey doesn't work for Fox, he works for ESPN. He knew straight away and I said, oh yeah, yeah, but I do Sounders and he went, Casey Keller, wow. What a goalkeeper, man. Wow, wow. Starts talking about this game where he stopped Mainz and and I'm kind of going, th- does everyone have that perspective that in the world game you can go to Jurgen Klopp, one of the biggest names, and this guy is like, Casey Keller's unbelievable. Um, so, so in that regard, for me, it, it's an honor to work with him. You have to earn Casey's respect uh, in anything that you do and, and I think that stems from what he had to do to get where he was. He fought... Every club he went to, he you know he he told me a great line. I, I don't think he'll be mad at me for telling you this. He said his his mindset going to a club was he'd walk in, he'd see another goalkeeper and go, yeah he's good. I'll have to work a little bit harder, but I'll get there. There's no obstacle for for Casey that you can overcome. So when he's talking about games, when we're saying wow that's unbelievable, and maybe sometimes he's going, it's because he has such a high a high threshold of I know how good we can be, but but. Don't 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 get it twisted. I mean, Casey loves this club and Casey celebrates these wins more than anybody. And in terms of sense of humor, off air, you don't get to see it. Casey's cutthroat. You know, he'll he'll cut me down. I get a text if 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 Liverpool have conceded a goal, I get a text <laughs> within I get a text within two minutes. Hey, I'm watching this game. How are you enjoying it? You know, he he has this incredible sense of humor. Um, but yeah, he for me he's the original Seattle homegrown. You know, he, he's the one that you know if if MLS started back then, you know, I don't know if he would have stayed because he had that ambition. But you know, he he's the shining example for any young player for me in this country to fight, 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 work hard, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's a pleasure working with him. But yeah, for him to tell you you did okay today, Keith is is like anybody else telling me that I'm the best commentator in the world.
0: Just a chicken farmer from Olympia that uh, goes and makes it big, but yeah, he's it's it's been fun though watching him. I I feel like you two have have started to have a, a nice rapport, and it's been just kind of a I don't know. I guess it's one of the the bright spots of this of this whole pandemic is like you said it's it's given us some perspective, and I don't know maybe that that's contributed to it.
1: Yeah, um, and, and and I I think you you add in Steve there when we do the three man booth. Yeah, Steve's been such-
0: great.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was there's, just there's, about to ask about Steve.
1: Yeah, yeah, there, there's such a level of respect. Um, for me, I enjoy perspectives, you know. Uh, and Steve, Casey, you, you know, it's great for me. I can just set them up, you know. I'll have a genuine question. Hey, what would you think of that? And the way they, the way they can bounce off each other too is, you know, I, I said it to Ryan because sometimes, you know, three man booth can be difficult. Because when you have opinionated people, but the respect level between Casey and Steve is 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 at the top, and and they like interacting with one another, so that that's been so much fun as well. So, um, you know, to be a part of that three man booth has has been incredible.
2: I could I could listen to you talk about Casey Keller and Steve Zakwani all day, but like <laughs> the, the the main reason why we're we're talking today is there's a big game on Saturday, and I know we talked to, about it a little bit. Towards the beginning of the show, but um, what do you what do you think is going to happen? I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction or anything. But I just kind of want to get your feeling about how you think the game's going to go.
1: Um, I, I think first of all, I think we're going to see a couple of changes from the side that played the other night. I think that the players that came on. I, I think Kelvin Leerdam will start. I think Gustav will start. Um, you know, um, I, I just think with someone like Zellerayan to have Gustav Svensson, a really seasoned international player you know, denying that space in center midfield is good. I, I think Alex Roldan has been fantastic. I thought he was good the other night as well, um, you know, uh, but I, I think Kelvin gives you a little bit more going forward. Um, I, I mean, I fancy the Sounders to, to play really well. Finals are tough. You know, you, you look back and you you endure them more than you enjoy them sometimes. Even last year, the, the first half against Toronto was, was difficult because Toronto are a good team. But this year... Um, with that performance that we saw on Monday night, I, I fancy the Sounders to, to play really, really well in this one. I, I think Columbus are a good team, but I, I think overall the attacking weapons that we have, Christian, Nico, uh, Raul, um, you know, and, and Jordan, I, I think Jordan's due a, a big game as well. Um, I, I just fancy the Sounders to, to produce their best performance in an MLS Cup final and, and make it three, three, uh, three rings out of four over the last couple of years.
0: Well, that is a, uh, that seems like a pretty good place to to end this. Um, I did want to actually add one more note, Keith. Uh, I don't, people may or may not realize this, but you became a, a US citizen about a, a year ago, right? Yep. Uh, so you got to have your first presidential election. <laughs> I assure you they're all uh, just as straightforward as this one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, apparently, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's been bizarre, but it, it made me want to become a citizen so much more last year, and and it made me, it was really a proud moment for me, you know, to to be a part of, uh, you know, the democratic system in action to to put get my vote out there. So it it, it was an incredible day, and maybe you know. Younger me wouldn't have realized the the consequences of, of such a thing, but now we're all seeing the, the, you know, the importance of everybody getting out there and voting. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me to, to your country. And it, it's been a, a, an honor to, to play a part in the, the election system this year.
0: Well, thanks for doing this, uh, Keith. Uh, but this is, uh, we'll hopefully have good things to talk about. Maybe we'll see you at the media game next year. Who knows if that thing Maybe, maybe (laughs) fingers crossed that we're at a point where maybe that's possible, but, uh, if not for, we'll see you hopefully at the stadium, uh, next year.
1: Yes, Um, definitely.
0: But, uh, good talking to you, Keith. Uh, I'm Jeremiah Shan signing off for Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder Heart Podcast and, uh, we'll see you next time.